You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. It's uh, George Danikian, joined by Pakur Frimpong in the Melbourne studios of FNR, Football Nation Radio. And it's the state of our football nation that we're talking about, as we do each and every Thursday. We've got a special guest coming up at 5.30. Hope you can stay with us. And importantly, it's uh, about a tournament that not enough people know about. It's the Kanga Cup, which is run by Capital Football, the governing body, of course, for football in the ACT, the Australian Capital Territory. You like it when I do that, don't you? Because you're a huge Canberra fan. (laughs) You you love all things Canberra. Uh, No, Canberra Canberra seems like a a cool state. It seems like a very quiet country town. No, don't believe that. Really? No, no, no. Still waters run deep. Okay. Just when you least expect to find anything happening in Canberra, believe me, there's a Parliament House. <laughs> uh, but um, it's, um, it's, it's an opportunity for us to talk about the Kanga Cup. Uh, for a start, here's a question for you. Do you know when the Kanga Cup is run? I don't, I don't actually know the details. See, just... these are the things yeah. that we need to impress on people. Exactly. From the 2nd to the 7th of July... Fantastic. So we're giving you enough lead-in time. You like that media I like expression? That. I like that. Enough lead-in time and enough of opportunity to prepare and indeed put your hand up and participate. The tournament uh, runs, as I said, in July. It's been sanctioned by Football Australia and it's also been sanctioned by the Asian Football Confederation and they don't often, you know, you know, grab one another's hand and say, let's do something special. So what I can say to you, uh, Pakua, this is without a doubt, right, and it's not me just saying it, there are enough people around this tournament to tell you <laughs> with great certainty and great clarity that it's the biggest youth festival of football in the Southern Hemisphere, no, and which sounds great, doesn't it? It, it does, and I, I think that's tournaments like these are really important because if we want to establish a really good football culture and good footballers who are well-rounded in their Absolutely. skills and abilities. So for them to show their skill and compete against yep. some, some yep. high-level footballers as well. It's always uh, important. Speaking, uh, speaking of uh, the, the tournament, uh, from memory, I think it started in 1991 in Sydney. Uh, then it had a couple of years of like everyone looked at it went, what can we do with this? It needs to find a home. Well, it did find a new home. It moved or morphed from Sydney to a place called Canberra, which we touched on. So the inaugural Kanga Cup. Now, this tells you how well it's been embraced, right? The inaugural Kanga Cup had 35 teams participating. It's a bit like the early days of what became or has become the Australia Cup. Yep. Yeah? The, the tournament original, we love. The tournament we absolutely love and adore. Now, 35 teams in 1991 were involved in the Kanga Cup. By the 2018 edition of the tournament, it had grown to 350 teams. Not bad, is it? Not bad at From all. From 35 to 350. Well, now, with it with with just growing, and of course COVID suddenly put it to the one side, we're likely to see something in the vicinity of 5,000 participants oh, wow. coming into the country or in Australia to play in Canberra for what is or what will be a week of football, football culture, a bit of fun and friendship. Like we don't really realise how these magnificent tournaments uh, roll out and, in, and make an impression on young people because they come from whatever country they're, they're in and it's an opportunity for them to have a, uh, you know, a unique adventure, like a journey. It's like your early days in Australia. <laughs> that shook you to the very core, yeah. did it not? It was, a, it was an experience, that's for sure. <laughs> experience. experience. Well, um, Australia's Premier Football Festival is taking place this year and the Kanga Cup holds a really special place within the family and the annual calendar highlights all of this. And here's something that you don't readily appreciate. Do you know uh, how young uh, the tournament age groups start? Think about this. They run all the way up to under 18s, but the youngest age group is under, under nine. Under nines, jeez. So that's a, that's, no, you think of all those young footballers 
who are going to be available to participate along with their clubs and uh, get and the important thing is we want them to register make sure that if you if you're enthusiastic and you like the idea of being part of the action for this year's Kanga Cup again coming up in July in Canberra then make sure you register there is um, uh, there are some details we'll make sure we get uh, Ivan Slavic yep. who's the CEO of Capital Football who'll be joining us at 5:30 to talk more about that but the Kanga Cup is unrivaled yeah Absolutely. football adventure fun and it's partnered by a, a super social program which really does add to the occasion there's going to be an opening ceremony I'm wondering, are you going like to participate? That. No, I don't think Have you been want... asked to go no, and, and be involved? They, I don't think they would want me to, to get involved uh, in the opening ceremony to do anything. I, I couldn't sing for them. I don't think I could do that. You could make the announcements. No, no I, think that, I, think that, I think they can get some, uh, some much cooler people than me to do it, George. Oh, I like the way you deflate. <laughs> Here I am trying to build it up and give you an opportunity to be there. No, but this By the way, you're going up for a number of speaking festivals in... I am, I am. It's going to be... Should we talk about those? Yeah, well, I'm heading down to the Football Writers Festival. Yes, the in, Football uh, Writers Festival, yep, it, which suddenly has got so many yeah, people so coming many, from everywhere. Yeah, so many great names are involved and I'll be doing a panel with them uh, yes. chatting about women's football in Australia. So I'm looking forward to that and... Hopefully, if you know, if anyone wants, is uh, it's just before the Women's World Cup, so come down and check it out before the Women's World Cup. It's a great lead in, you know, talk about women's football and then get to see some of the best players in the world compete. And uh, we have them on our on our shores. Obviously, we're sharing with New Zealand, but it's going to be great either way. And things like um, that. Are any of the um, uh, the writers' festival doing any any speaking in in New Zealand, or does it all morph yeah. and basically uh, created? By Benita and the team yeah, I think at it's, Fair Play Publishing. I think it is all just based in uh, in Australia. I can't remember the exact place it is at this exact moment in time, but... Is it Jamboree, Wollongong or Dapto? The names are ringing a bell, but I just can't yeah. exactly... I don't want to yeah. give anybody the wrong information, but we all have it um, up and all the details and like that. We've you spoken know, to Benita, you, so... You know, Benita has been doing this for quite some time yeah. and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and better. And to think that you'll be going... Uh, flying up to Sydney <laughs> is fantastic. Yeah, and holding so, up the torch for FNR yes, Football Nation Radio. I'll be holding up the torch for FNR, absolutely. But um, yeah, if you, obviously if you missed our chat with Benita, that is up on our uh, all stream platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We might get Benita yeah, the week before, exactly, and we can to give us the lowdown. Exactly, so. and the late announcements. Yeah. There'll be there'll be a few people either pulling out for different reasons, and there'll be some late additions. Yeah. So but you're definitely going up? I'm definitely, I'm definitely going up. Uh, what are you, are you, now, are you on a panel or you've made a dis- no. decision about what you're going to talk about? No, it's a, it's a panel. Uh, it's a panel uh, discussing women's football. In Fantastic. So, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, as I uh, said. By the way, if you haven't listened to Pakur talk about women's football, you have missed out. <laughs> she is seriously opinionated, and rightly so, She's been covering the uh, the game and uh, uh, for both uh, the dub zone and also for Paramount, correct, yep. all year. So the Liberty W League, uh, the uh, Australian Football League uh, version of the the game for for women, has been part of your makeup for the last couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah, it certainly has. I've seen some great players, and some of those players we got to see uh, wearing some Matilda shirts, and oh. they did some. Uh, some pretty cool things. What I can't did you lie. What did you make of the Matildas game against uh, uh, the Lionesses the other night at? Uh, let me get this right, Brentford it was, Stadium. It was Brentford Stadium. <laughs> uh, no, I thought it was a it was an impressive performance. Uh, it would be. I would rank it up. I, I still think the Sweden game that mm, we had at mm. home in Melbourne was probably the best I'd seen. That the was crisp. Yeah, that was uh, that was a really really great performance and. I thought this performance was uh, different. Was different, and yep. Uh, yep. we we played well. We had some some really good standout players. Obviously, there were players missing on both sides, but I love the organisation. You you mentioned that uh, Tony Gustafsson has brought in a uh, another coach, and, um, uh, and he has brought a different edge, a harder edge to the defence. I tell you what, this uh, young woman that's uh, at the back uh, now making a, a real name for herself. Um, you you like her because she plays a lot of football for is it Western United? Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah. Okay, we're talking about um, 
What's her first name? I'm sorry. Uh, Claire Hunt. Claire Hunt. Now, Claire showed me a, a level of maturity and a, and a real discipline that I really have not seen in a young player. And I also gather from what you told me earlier, just before you came on air, that she's been blighted by injury. She's been, uh, she's been around the game for quite some time, but injuries have set her back. Yeah. Uh, so she hasn't got enough miles on the clock no, it's, to it's, outrun the, the warranty. Yeah, so if you know, if you were looking at the A-League socials, you would have seen that Claire Hunt and Ellie Carpenter have been really good friends in childhood. They grew up together. And you, you look at Ellie Carpenter and she's playing for Leon, one of the best women's sides in the world. And Claire's and, brand and, yeah, new to the Matildas. Yeah, Claire's brand new to the Matildas. But Claire's, you know, had a lot of setbacks. She's I'm just having a look at this. She's had, you know, a shoulder reconstruction. Oh. She's broken her ankle. She's been through a lot in this game, but she's very mature and she makes really smart decisions. She understands she's got really great positional awareness. And we saw her fill in the role of Alana Kennedy, who's held that spot in the Matildas lineup for a very long oh, time. Yeah. And Yonks. I think she, she did a really, really great job. As, yeah. I, I like the fact that she slipped in and looked like she'd been a part of the furniture for ages. Yeah, and, is, that, is that a fair comment? Yeah, and I think that's what you get from really good players who understand the position of defending and can fit into any system because they understand what they need to do as a center back. You're you're pretty uh, you've been pretty strong on um, the not only the quality of the player but also their their understanding of the game. You have a fabulous um, uh, desire to see more of Holly McNamara in the Matilda side. Now, she didn't make an appearance. Do you think she's missed an opportunity to impress, or do you think she's definitely in the mix, and I, it's a case of horses for courses? No, I think it's I think it's a very telling sign that she's only been back playing for Melbourne with Melbourne City for not that long of a no, time no, in the India in the in the, in the in the span. Obviously, she's coming off that ACL injury, and the fact that at the first sign of in the international break, Tony Gustafsson and his squad were like, "We've got to get the Holly Mac." And obviously, yep. she didn't she didn't play, but she's a probably, to me, one of the most special players, if not the most special of the young, the next young crop. Obviously, we've got lots of young players. Has she got more Caitlin Ford than Sam Kerr in her? Uh, Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Because you've always been a great believer that Caitlin is probably our best nine, whereas Sam, despite the fact that she scores a million goals... Is really a natural ten. Yeah, she, she, she. That's the game style that what I see from Sam Kerr. But uh, Holly McNamara is a is a tremendous winger at, okay. at this current stage okay. of her game. But but not just a winger who stays on the outside. She's a winger who's capable of coming inside. Her link up play with Hannah Wilkinson throughout the the dub the, when she's been back this year and particularly last year before her injury was the best in the Sizzling. competition. That's why she got Young Player of the Year in the competition. And she is a phenomenally gifted player and is great at knowing where her teammates are and, and making them look better. And I think that's a sign of a great player, their ability to make their teammates look better on the field and, and help them and make it a really easy game for them to play. Uh, who impressed you most about the uh, the game other than Claire Hunt? Uh, did you like the, the fact that we saw Ellie Carpenter back on the, on the right side and showing again that express pace? Yeah, uh, you know, Ellie Carpenter is a tremendously uh, skilled player and her pace is something that's rivaled in the game. Uh, it's good to see her back and playing with the midfielders. I think she's really comfortable in that. And she's obviously, she's still very, very young. I think she's mm. only 23, but... Mm. Uh, her experience, yeah, exactly. her experience in the squad is, is in, incredible and she's played at Melbourne City with essentially the Matildas then as well. Correct, so, correct. So we, I think it's good to see her back and she's going to be an important part of our World Cup campaign. But I thought I thought Kyra Cooney-Cross really impressed. Oh, yeah, I'm thought, glad you ran that yeah. name out there. I'm telling you something. Uh, my My opinion of this young woman continues to grow every time I see her. And I think her game is maturing because she's loving the confidence of being in a team. Yeah. She's growing. It's, she's, it's, it's like anything. You go to your new school, you're a bit nervous, you, you, you don't really show all your cards. She's some of those runs, yeah. especially as the game wore on, as she needed to express herself, really impressed. The question I have for you, not so much about Kira Cooney-Cross, who is coming along beautifully, right, and will be a weapon during the World Cup, but are we playing Mary Fowler in the right place? Uh, 
yes. And I think no. Um, I think the further forward she plays, the better she plays. Okay, but is she in this current guise? I thought there were bits of her play that didn't quite no, jag I think- because the minute she gets a chance to lay the ball off or to flick it on, it's meticulous. Yeah, my, my when she has to create a little bit, it's like mm, my thing about Mary Fowler at the moment that I think that we've got to put into consideration is that yep. Mary Fowler, we saw her, you know, the last like maybe last year's Matilda's run, she was one of our best players, and she at the from that point on to here. When she's been playing with Man City, she hasn't been playing quite frequently. And before that, when she was at, uh, I believe it was ooh, uh, Marseille. Oh no, I'm not quite sure. It was. Uh, but she's uh, now at uh, uh, Man Manchester City. City. And she's yeah, not, she does not. And she's, she's not getting. Yeah, the, she's not getting yeah, regular minutes. Yeah. So her confidence is a, is a, it's probably not at the highest. Okay. But she's still one of our most skilled players. Like fundamentally, she is a tremendous footballer and. I think she is a real. It's weird because I say the Sam Kerr is a natural ten, but I think the Mary Fowler is actually a ten as well. So she's a she's a really good player. So if you play Mary Fowler at ten, where do you play Sam, or do you allow her to sort of uh, pivot or move wherever she wants to, yeah, like a diamond? I think that can you can you get Caitlin, Mary, and Sam? Yeah, absolutely. And run them around? No, no, absolutely. Let I them think, spin the, yeah. the defense to pieces. Yeah, I, I think that Sam Kerr actually as a winger. Is more um, well. We saw that brilliantly yeah. with the second goal, yeah, didn't we? You, she she ran to the right, opened up the play, and then delivered beautifully yeah. to young Charlie. Charlie Grant I think came she, out, came came with an express pace. She threw herself at the ball. Uh, there was a deflection. It was still going in. No, it was. And but 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 just wanted to finish that uh, Sam Kerr point. She plays on the wing, and Caitlin Ford's playing through the middle. I think that's a really lethal combination to All have because right. they can they can switch. Um, okay, but. Do you yeah. think Tony might hold that up for the World well, Cup? Well, we've seen Tony play. Uh, I think in that Sweden game, that yeah, yeah. was one of my favourites. Which uh, that's, they played so crisply. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin played through the middle. So yeah, 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 yeah. You know. you're listening to Pekur Frimpong <laughs> on State of Our Football Nation, along with George Danikian. We do this every Thursday. I, I open the gate and and invite Pekur to give me her opinion, and it comes at a, ma- a million miles an hour. And uh, just a reminder, the Kanga Cup is uh, our point of discussion today and we'll be talking to the man from Capital Football, the CEO, Ivan Slavich, very, very shortly, about the 5.30 mark. So please hang in there. But what we want to do, and I'm, I'm very keen to to pick Pakua's brain because we've got a one more game. This is the This was the penultimate game before the World Cup starts for the Matildas. And it was a great performance, um, really, really disciplined. Again, unnatural conditions for, I would have thought, for the Matildas. But again, I'm reminded that more and more of our Matildas are playing in England. So probably not that, you know, foreign for them. But I thought the the pattern of play, I thought the consistency of our defence, in fact, the three, the three layers, the midfield, the front and the back, all were pretty much where they needed to be throughout the game. We didn't get rattled. The one or two times where we saw an opening by the Lionesses, and mind you, when they went forward, they looked pretty good. Yeah. They just couldn't nail it. Yeah, no. Uh, it was a it was a different performance. Obviously, they've been on that 30-game win streak yeah, or yeah. something like that. That's the other thing you need yeah, to take on board. But, and I think Georgia Stanway said it. I think I agree with her take that I think that's important – Winning is fantastic, but you actually learn way more. Oh yeah, in in, in a when loss. You lose, and yeah, and yeah. if they were to head into the World Cup and Prime. have not have not have faced <laughs> something as difficult like this, so, it, so what you're saying is this is the loss they had to have. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they they weren't they weren't um, sharp and they weren't as clinical as we typically see them. And some options, their midfield just wasn't creating a, a, enough, and that was a, a weird. That's strange interesting. Thing that's interesting. You say that they were the home team. And they didn't seem to be finding too many answers uh, for the problems that the Matildas were creating for them. Yeah, I, I will say they also did face. They also faced a, a very difficult Brazil side. Not like a few days before, and obviously the Matildas faced Scotland. But yep. the, the Brazil team is incredibly talented, and, and that game was a one-one draw, and then it went to, to yep. penalties. Yep. So, so maybe there was a little bit of fatigue in that in aspect, that. in aspect in their performance because it seemed a bit labouring. 
us at points during the game. But they had a list of players yeah, to bring on any time they, they wanted they to. They did, and I think me and you were speaking about it in terms of like some of the players that impressed us, but Lauren James for that England side... When I saw that starting Ooh. eleven, and I didn't, she wasn't playing. I was very shocked by it. Yep. she's such a special player. You saw her cutting in, going oh. on the outside. She was causing our defence the most you, trouble. You've you heard the life. expression like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, she was phenomenal, and she that, plays that was with, making me very worried. Yeah, and but she plays with Sam Kerr at Chelsea, and they are you uh-huh. know a phenomenal, uh-huh. phenomenal side. Yeah, yeah, makes you makes you uh, understand what combinations mean, and when and I'm 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 supposing. I'm I, I'm now sorry. I'm now guessing. I'm now in guessing land. I'm I'm thinking Sam's probably spoken to the defence and, and she said this is what she's going to do. Uh, but isn't it interesting? Even though you know what your opponent's going to do, they still cut you up. Yeah, they certainly. It do. shows you the measure of their talent. Yeah, and uh, she's she's a, a phenomenal okay. player. All right. So penultimate game. The Matildas did great against uh, uh, the Lionesses. So England beaten 2-0 uh, at home. One more game. It's Australia-France. It's at Marvel. So the stakes now change. We're the home team. The French will be here. What do you reckon? Uh, you, a very difficult game because we haven't faced this – because obviously the French team are with the new head coach – forget that gentleman's name. He was the coach of Saudi Arabia in the yep. World Cup. Yep. Um, obviously, they've been through an interesting period, having changed coaches because the players didn't like the previous coach. So we'll see how they <laughs> so play. So that's that's work, the, the, that's how things work yeah, in 2023. Yeah, but, you don't like the coach, you just toss him yeah, out. Yeah, but, but because a lot of the French national team said, we aren't going to play if the, the – and, and the French team are one of the best in the world and – the likes of Wendy Renard, if she decides she doesn't want to play, that's a very big out for okay. that side. So okay. the French are going to be a different test because they, going forward, are quite dangerous as well. And defensively, they're... Have they're, they got holes at the back? Uh, yes, but also Wendy Renard is one of the best uh, defenders in the women's game, and she's been that for a very long time. Okay. So I've been meaning to ask you for ages and ages and ages, did this particular series of matches, Scotland and England... Did it showcase our best goalkeeper? Um, or is there still room for another goalkeeper to come through? I think that I think that Mackenzie Arnold has done well in the time that she's been required to be. Is she first choice at the moment? I don't think there's a lot that separates them. Uh, you know, I think that you could. There come on, bit- coach. Who are you playing? Game one. I would against of the, the, of the, coaches, the Ireland team of the coaches of the goalkeepers we selected, or no, no, who's going to be in goals for the Matildas in the first game against Ireland? Oh, if it's the first game against Ireland, it's going to be it's going to be Mackenzie Arnold because she's earned that spot until something, unless something drastic happens. I think she's earned that spot, but okay. I think that it's also there for the taking. I think we've also got there's not that much. Difference. Is this the goalkeeper and you still talking? Uh, the goalkeeper mid. Um, no, I, I just I think that we don't. I think in a lot of positions we've got a certain number one. I think the goalkeeper position for the Matildas is the one spot that if somebody made an argument for Tegan Mike or or they said to me, oh, I would or like Jada. to, oh, you know, see her play, or I want to see Lydia Williams, or I want to see Casey Jumont as like a wild card come in. Who's the Sydney keeper? Uh, Jada Wyman. Jada just, Wyman. Just, if you want to see, if you know, you can make a case, and I'd be like, okay, I understand it. I'm, I don't think I like have a very strong opinion on who our number one goalkeeper because we think of times we've seen them all do incredibly well or falter, you know, mm. in in key moments. So I don't think anyone's got it like you know that number one spot. Okay, fairly, fairly locked up. You, you and I discussed this about a year ago, and you said to me at the time there were serious questions to be raised because no one had jumped up and said, I want the gloves. But Mackenzie Arnold did a pretty good job. First 45 minutes, didn't put a foot out, did she? No, and I think that's why I say that she... Came out, answered the questions from the corners. And I think that's why I say that in the the eye game against Ireland, I think that she's got that at the moment. But I... You know, I don't. I don't think it's like a firm grip. That it's not. It's not trying to put uh, the sword out of the stone. Like it's not impossible. Talk to me about Charlie, young Charlie, oh, who scored the she's goal. She's great. Um, Do we, she, does she play? Does she play on the right side? And we see 
Ellie Carpenter being used in the midfield? Uh, is there enough room for that to happen? I, I would would say, you love to see it? I think that Ellie Carpenter, as as you know, she's there's a right back. She's done really, really well. Yeah. But I, I also Plays think that Ellie one of the best clubs in the world. Yeah, I think that Ellie Carpenter's strength is going forward, and I would like to see her in a more advanced role. But we don't play that system, so it's kind of difficult to to throw it up. To throw it up there, <clears throat> and I think there was a lot of discussion about Charlie Grant potentially, you know, has earned her spot. <clears throat> I think it's, I just don't think you replace Steph Catley. That's just my opinion. Maybe that's just me being biased. So, is Arsenal. that the Arsenal girl talking? No, I, it might be. It might be. But I also think that uh, I also think that Steph Catley is our like one of the best. Like yeah. she's just like she understands everything that she has to do. She's a great crosser. So yeah, she's, she's a great deliver of the ball. Yeah, that's she right. delivers the ball really yeah. well. Something that's improved in her game tremendously over yeah. the period of time that I've, I've seen her a lot at Arsenal. Yep, um, and she. Always seems to be in the right spot, and obviously she makes mistakes. She's yeah, yeah. You know, she's a human, yeah. but Steph Catley's irreplaceable for me. So Ellie Carpenter is the natural one where I'd be like, oh, maybe there's a different role for Ellie to play because Ellie's strength is going forward, less so going like defending. I think that her pace allows her to be a really great. Who's that young man at Liverpool that's had the most difficult season of his career, uh, Terence? Young, young Arnold. Oh, Trent Alexander Arnold. Trent yeah. Alexander, the triple bar- barrel name. You gotta love it, eh? Hey? Triple, triple. Oh, no, double, double T A. Double T, double T. <laughs> Trent, uh, wait, T A T. Trent Alexander Arnold. No, what have T-A-A. I done? Hey, T A A. What have I done? T A A. Do you know George, what T A A is? Yeah, I don't know what I've just Trans Australian Airways. No, I don't know what I've just done there, George. Where I've just got his name. Like I know his name, but I've just confused the uh, the letters. Oh, that's, well, that was he 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 has had that sort of season where. Defensively, he's a serious risk, right? But going forward, he is a conjurer. He has the ability to deliver the ball on your head or in your stride, which is pretty damn exciting. Yeah. As long as you can cope with the stuff going on at the back. uh, You know, there's an Arsenal fan during the weekend. What did you make of that game? Stressful. Um, Stressful. (laughs) That's honest. I thought that... Arsenal should have put the game... We're talking about the English Premier League clash between Liverpool that's had probably their... their, Anna Cerebralis, their their worst season in ages, uh, up against the the team that that really should take and claim the the EPL title this year, Arsenal. Uh, 2-0 going in early into the game, just before... 2-1 at half-time. Just before half-time, 2-1. And then what? They didn't turn up for the second half. No, I, I don't think they. I, I don't think they didn't turn up. I think that we, Granite Shaka got distracted. No, I think every, I think that Granite Shaka's um, reputation has preceded him. <laughs> I, I, I certainly think. I think that a lot of people are making more of that incident than it was because I think Arsenal should have certainly slotted in more goals in the first half. We oh, were, clearly, we were we were absolutely lethal. And I think what happened at the in the second half is that we. We just wanted to just calm the game down, and and by in by in calming the game down, we allowed too much possession for Liverpool. Can't do that at but Anfield. Also, yeah, but we also had multiple opportunities to go forward. You know that Ramsdale save on Canate's shot, right? Well, I put it to you that without Ramsdale, you you would have been beaten five yes. two. And that's why he's England's number. He should be England's number one. Yeah, I mean, the trouble game. is, the trouble is, you see, they're picking a guy called Pickford. Let's uh, get relegated, George. I, I'm, I put it to you that there's a very, very good chance that he's going to be playing in the in the championship, and I would, I would seriously feel um, compromised if he was chosen as a Spurs keeper. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't want to see him. I just don't like his technique. Yeah, no. And I, this is, maybe it's my old goalkeeping. No, I, I'm not a. I'm not a. It's my old goalkeeping skills yeah. or technique, and uh, just... he just he doesn't make me the most sure. But the thing about Jordan Pickford is that when he's worn the England shirt, he just hasn't let them down. So it's hard to replace somebody who's. But I, but I just don't, I think that you know, Hen, uh, what's his name, the keeper from uh, Newcastle. I think he, I trust Pope? him more. Yeah, Nick I, Pope. I, think I trust Nick Pope more than I trust Jordan Pickford, and I also trust Aaron Ramsdale more than I trust. Uh, well, Ramsdale has has look when when a, a goalkeeper gets the man of the match award in three or four games this year, there and there have been three or four games that will actually win you the tournament, will win you win you the EPL title. 
Um, that tells you, I don't think I've seen a goalkeeper do that uh, since the days of Peter Schmeichel. Yep. Peter Schmeichel could actually win a game on his own by saying, you're not going to beat me today. And that was Ramsdale uh, the other day. He got beaten twice, but he should have been beaten five times. Yeah. He, and he um, just kept saying, nah, yeah, nah. no, he's, um, he's That actually- save from Kanate. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was ridiculous. It's, it's an incredible save, and I think what ridiculous. Makes, and I think what makes it hurt, it's it, it stings for me as an Arsenal fan so much more is that he does that incredible save, and then Arsenal have a chance to break. And if Gabriel Martinelli's ball is like just better, foot if this it's, way. No, if, 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 this, if it's anybody else but Gabriel Martinelli, if it's Martin Odegaard making that pass to Bukayo Saka, Arsenal win that game three two, and it's the greatest. Oh, Hold so on. you've forgotten already about the penalty? Yeah, well, he missed it. That's that's a hit. That's a Mohamed Salah issue. That's not a. That's not oh, oh, so so luck's got nothing to do with it. I think Mohamed Salah is uh, much like some strikers when they the, from the penalty spot, they're not the most uh, reliant. So what you're saying to me is Mohamed Salah has developed the yips. He might have. He might have. He might okay. Have, well, he we've have. got a guest coming up joining us on FNR. Uh, very, very shortly. I think he's there, is yeah, he? he is. He's just, okay. joining, he's, just, he's just connecting his audio. Okay. Minute, what we do, let's take a short break. You're listening to Football Nation Radio. It's the state of our football nation that we're talking about. Uh, a very special guest. His name is Ivan Slavich, and he'll be joining us, the CEO from Capital Football, in just a moment. You're listening to the state of our football nation on FNR. It's uh, George joined by Pakura and a special guest via Zoom. We head off to the Australian Capital Territory. His uh, name is Ivan Slavic. Uh, Ivan, welcome to the program. G'day, how are you going? I'm okay. There's a little bit of a feedback going on. I'm just wondering, I'm trying to settle that down before we get you up and running. How's that? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you, no problems. Fantastic stuff. Um, we're very keen to talk Kanga Cup. Uh, it's certainly grown from those early days in 1991 where we had about 35 teams involved to what is going to take place in July of this year between the 2nd and the 7th of July in Canberra. We're going to see close to, what is it, about 5,000 participants. Yeah, that's right. So um, we are just coming out of COVID last year and we had 240 teams from all over the country and internationally. Uh, and uh, we're really hoping that this year we're going to get it up to close to 350 teams, which is yeah, close to 5,000 players. So it's wow. uh, pretty big in the nation's capital. Uh, Ivan, what Ivan. makes it seriously exciting is we're talking uh, young, young players as young as nine or under nine uh, in their in their categories up to uh, under under eighteens, so you're giving everyone who wants to play the game an opportunity to really participate and get involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, we're very excited about it. Um, we've got a, a new major sponsor who we can't announce quite yet. But, uh, <laughs> Thanks for pretty that. Big, pretty big in their football, but uh, we also we do have um, Ivor Cup sponsoring us. So that's uh, a tournament that's held. Um, in Portugal and Spain and Brazil. So they're coming along to the tournament. And I'll be doing some scouting and and uh, looking to sign teams up to go over there in Europe. But, yeah, we've we've also got um, you know, really great support. So far, we've, we've got over um, 60 teams that have already registered. Um, so um, people do tend to procrastinate a bit, so we are expecting a bit of an influx over the next few weeks, but yeah, so you've really got strongly si- so you've got 60, 60 teams already slotted in, good to go, from all ages, or is it one particular age group? Yeah, no, no, all ages. So from under tens through to under 18s, male and female. Um, so we have, yeah, you know, we have a really big cohort between the under tens through to under twelves. That's a very popular yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. age category. So where do you house them for this week of or this festival of football? Yeah, so there's there's essentially five hubs in the ACT that we run this at. Um, it's at Lynham, um, out at Gungahlin at Harrison, uh, Mawson, 
uh, Cornwall and Dixon. So there, there are five major hubs across the ACT. Um, we are actually working on a home of football in Throsby, which will be ready in two years' time. So that'll be another major hub um, afterwards. But yeah, we pretty much take up most of the most of the community fields in, in Canberra at that time with this because it's just massive with with five thousand. 5,000 players and participants is fantastic. Now, you mentioned uh, that the number of, uh, of people coming from uh, all over the world to participate. And what excites me is that you've not only got Football Australia involved, but you've got the Asian uh, Football Confederation. Now, when these two come together, uh, exciting things tend to happen. But what I want to know is, have you reached out to the various suburbs within the ACT uh, who have got all this new light rail working and have we managed to be able to get a, a card system or a special um, uh, voucher to get the players uh, you know, to their grounds as quickly and as reliably as possible? Yeah, so we use the um, Dribble system, which is a very well-renowned system to, to manage the registration and the actual comps themselves. So we're looking to close off registrations um, around early to mid-May. So if people do want to, to get involved, they really need to, to get moving on it. Um, but, um, yeah, we do have a system where we identify you know, through that dribble system where, where people are playing and where they need to go. And um, and it's great for the you know, ACT economy. You can imagine how much money that's oh. injecting into our economy as well. And um, But it's just very exciting. It's a very exciting time for the players. Um, in terms of the opening ceremony, we're looking this year to have it uh, on stage 88, which is a, a lovely um, location for all, within the National uh, Capital Authority uh, area. Um, and so it'll be a great atmosphere, looking to have a band at the opening ceremony and to have a real festive uh, atmosphere for the opening on the uh, 2nd of July. Um, but yeah, look, if anyone out there listening is a is a coach or a manager um, and they're looking for a fantastic uh, activity, a week-long activity for their team, uh, their junior team, you know, this really is a, a, a wonderful opportunity. It's a wonderful atmosphere. There's a lot of camaraderie and sportsmanship um, and, yeah, really keen to, to get uh, even more teams involved. I was just going to say the most exciting thing about having a festival of this calibre is many of the players will be coming to, to the ACT for the very first time and they will know little or nothing. And the best part is when they leave, they'll probably be armed with, uh, with a couple of, uh, um, uh, um, what is it, um, uh, notebooks filled with, with passwords, with uh, addresses, phone numbers and so on. Uh, you see it time and time and time again. People come as, as perfect strangers and leave as firm friends. And that 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 seems to be, I think, the message of the Kanga Cup from the very beginning. Yeah, look, absolutely. It's um, yeah, there's lifelong uh, friendships that are formed uh, through the Kanga Cup, uh, but also um, just through football in general. You know, it's it's one of those things where uh, I know my son's played from when he was five, and he's now twenty six, and he's got <laughs> lifelong friends. Um, you know, through 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 football, that you know they're very, very close. And, uh, you know, it's having that sort of camaraderie through sport that's just so fantastic. And in terms of people coming to Canberra for the first time, um, we've just got some fantastic cultural institutions here as well in Canberra. Um, many of your listeners may not know, but the Australian War Memorial is the most visited um, tourist attraction in Australia, um, even more than the Opera House or... Uh, you know, all the theme parks up in <laughs> Queensland. Like it's, it's very, 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 very well visited. And we've got Questacon and the National Library and um, it's in the National Gallery. And, and the new Parliament House. Ivan Slavic is our special guest on FNR. He's the CEO of Capital Football. Uh, Ivan, when I first went to Canberra, and this will age me appreciably, um, there were all these pipes throwing up water. I remember saying to my father at the time, what's going on, Dad? He said, they're building a lake. That, of course, has turned out to be Lake Burley Griffin, which tells you how long ago it was when I first visited Canberra. Yeah, no, we've 
Does that scare the hell out of you? <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, before they actually dammed up um, the, the, the lake there through Scrivener Dam, uh, I think there was a flood um, prior to that. So it gave people an idea of what the lake would look like. But, yeah, look, the lake is a is a wonderful backdrop. I mean, you know, I've lived here. I'm originally from Sydney and I've lived here for the last 23 years. And uh, I have to say that you know, Canberra just really is a, a wonderful wonderful place so definitely encourage um uh, not only just to come and have a fantastic festival of football but just to witness this wonderful city uh of canberra uh and getting to witness uh, i know it's i know it might be a little bit cold at that time of year. <laughs> uh, that's that's uh, called that's called your weapon of defense that gives the canberra girls and boys a chance to uh, to gloat Exactly, you know, but we we have uh, yeah, we have more teams actually come from New South Wales than yeah, nearly double uh, that actually participate from the ACT. So a lot from New South Wales and Queensland, SA, Tasmania, Victoria. We'd love to see some WA teams come over as well. I think what's that would what's be the cost? Cool. What's the cost to participate in the Kanga Cup? Uh, it depends on the age category, right? Um, right. But it ranges, yeah. So it's like I think it's uh, thousand fifty up to thirteen hundred. I've um, got it up on the whiteboard just outside my office. So I'll go grab a, <laughs> grab a peek. Um, but, yeah, it's around that sort of order of magnitude. So it's just a bit over $1,000 um, for the team. But that also obviously includes um, all the you know, all the games we supply referees. Um, yep. It's all the ground hire. So we pay – ironically, we actually – we pay the ACT government to run this event because we have to pay for all the ground hire. Uh, so the so the ground hire for for 350 teams is somewhere in the order of eighty thousand dollars, that sort of thing. That why sort of ca- why can't yeah. Destination Canberra pay for that? Why can't they provide that support? Because this, as you touched on, this has a tremendous opportunity to showcase Canberra in its best light. And we're talking five thousand, could be even more people turning up. Now that's a tremendous boost to any economy. Yeah, so one of the things we've managed to, to convince the ACT government is to actually conduct um, a financial analysis uh-huh. of the impact that this event uh, makes. So they've agreed to do that and they're paying for that study. Uh, so we're hoping that um, with that paid study, we can demonstrate the, uh, the huge amount of money that we inject into the ACT economy. Um, at that um, time, especially at that time of year where, you know, a lot of people don't want to come when it's cold. Um, but, you know, the big plus there is a good chance there'll be snow up on the mountains so they can <laughs> see snow on the bridge. Um, for those that haven't seen snow before, and there's, um, and there's, uh, we've got a... Well, well Pakua is Ghanaian. I don't know if she's seen any any snow. No, I've actually, I've actually never seen snow, but, um, I, you know... There you I, go, Pakua. I do prefer winter over summer, so maybe ACT... You should be an ambassador for the Kanga maybe, Cup, I'm maybe thinking. Maybe I think I should go to ACT. <laughs> if, if, if there happens to be snow, we've actually got this um, place called Corum Forest up in the mountains where people can go up and uh, actually play in the snow and do some uh, uh, tobogganing. So that's another uh, possibility. There's lots of cars that go up there when it um, when it does, in fact, snow. Um, so that's always a possibility here in Canberra in July. Um, that could happen. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's just a tremendous um, tremendous event. Great atmosphere, uh, as you said, been going since the early '90s. So we've got a you know, lot of history and background. We got knocked around a bit with COVID, so certainly keen to have. Uh, those teams come along and, and enjoy and be part of uh, what is, you know, the biggest um, international um, youth tournament in the Southern Hemisphere. You know, we've had teams from the Philippines, New Zealand, Singapore, um, Korea. So there's lots of international. We'd like to see. It'd be great to get some um, teams from the South Pacific. Would be awesome. So I'd love to see teams from Fiji or Cook Islands or Samoa. So if any of you, anyone is listening from those uh, regions, places, yeah. uh, we, we might even get a few. Get we might get a few uh, uh, New Zealanders. Jason Pine tends to listen in, and uh, he might spread the word for us as well. Yeah, I'd love to see Kiwi, our brothers and cousins in in the um, land of the Great White Cloud, um, <laughs> Aotearoa. 
Uh, we'd love to see we'd love to see Kiwis come along as well. So, but we've had New Zealand teams in the past. Um, we haven't any had any registered so far this year, but we would love to to get um, particularly from our sister city there in Wellington, um, and of course the A League's recently APL recently announced a, an A League men's team for Canberra and for Auckland. So, yeah, there's definitely that New Zealand connection. I want to uh, just touch on really quickly, obviously, with Capital Football, you know, with a strong connection with, obviously, Canberra United and things like that. At the Kanga Cup, are you guys scouting and saying this could be our <laughs> potential uh, player to play for Canberra United? Oh, look, I can tell you categorically that um, at this at this tournament, there are definitely people scouting uh, for players. Because a lot of the teams that come along are, in fact, you know, those teams that are very you know, motivated um, so that without question, there is scouting that uh, does take place um, at this event. And certainly, I know the Iber Cup guys are, are looking to do some scouting. Um, certainly, Canberra United, our head coach, uh, Nagos Popovich, she's uh, certainly um, going to do that as well. And you know, we do have more, like last year we had... Um, 3,900 participants, um, 2,778 were male and 1,124 were female. So we certainly would like to see, particularly this year with the Women's World Cup, um, very, very keen to see greater participation from uh, the girls and women um, in this uh, competition. And, yeah, absolutely, uh, my head coach and assistant coach will be will be scouting <laughs> Uh, are we likely to see any of the Matildas uh, front up uh, before the the tournament? Uh, we we have them um, under contract. Um, the um, with 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 Canberra United, those that play with the Matildas. Um, so, but you can imagine that um, this is going to be very close with the World, Women's World yeah. Cup. So they're going to be really focused on Wilman, Women's World Cup. Duties and how fantastic was their win over England? Oh, marvellous! Um, just, just an amazing, um, amazing result. And I think the hard part there for the coaches, you know, they must be so excited by that, but they've got to stay very grounded. Um, but yeah, look, I, it's it's a real shame I can't announce our major new sponsor because the major new sponsor is, um, without disclosing too much, is quite big in the football community in Australia. Um, and I think um, the participants in the Kanga Cup will be very, very excited about that announcement. Can we it's announce it next week? Can we announce it next week? Yeah, yeah, I think that we, we're sort of working with them um, to, to do that, and we'd love to announce that with you guys for sure. Well, there you go. There you go. We would we'd love to say that, but I want to I want to talk quickly because I've obviously been a massive love the dub this year. It's been lots and lots of fun. You guys have got lots of great players down at Canberra United, and Nagosh Popovich has done a tremendous job. Obviously, the, it didn't go the way you want in the final game. It didn't make finals, but I think this season's been tremendous. What's it like having the likes of Michelle Heyman and even the youngster of Chloe Lincoln in goals, having that for you know your squad and knowing the future seems really really bright. Yeah, no, just Michelle's just a class um, class player, like getting close to a hundred goals um, for the for the A League, um, and Ellie Brush uh, just finishing off her career uh, this year. We had a great send off with her, and she was um, a player of the match in her last her last game. So it's um, it's it was just so close. It was very, Having three all in the final one, and we 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 won our points back with uh, which were taken off us, and I think it was a, a two goal difference in the end that kept us out of the final. So it was just very tantalisingly close, and um, just that bit too far away for the finals. But yeah, we've got our end of year function um, tomorrow night with um, the Canberra United side at the Hellenic Club. So, yeah, it's going to be a nice uh, send-off for that team. And, and certainly Nagosh and Ant and, and the whole uh, management, um, Kelly Sturton, who's our manager here, and, and Phil Booth, who's our technical director, they certainly have done a, a fantastic job with the Canberra United team and we're so very, very proud of their achievements. Do you know I've been a member of the Hellenic Club since about 1980? 
19. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, we we um so we've uh, just uh, entered into an agreement with the Hellenic Club to support us at Capital Football. There's a whole bunch of um, sponsors that have come on board. We've got uh, Project Coordination. Project Coordination just came in as a major sponsor of our junior league with a very, very significant uh, financial contribution um, in the ACT. So we've got around 35,000 participants in, in the ACT, by far the largest uh, organised sport. I think if you add the participants in, in football and compare that with all the other organised sports, I think we're still bigger than all the other sports put together. That's fantastic. So it's just, um, it's, it's uh, just with that in mind, with that in mind, uh, Ivan, Tell me something. What do you what do you believe the impact will be of having an A League club in the ACT? Yeah, look, I think it's um, yeah. We're, we're the, actually the only member federation that runs a, an A League team in the women's side. So I actually think one of the exciting aspects of this is. Yeah, of course, we already have an A-League team in the, in the women's team. But I think um, speaking with Danny Townsend and, and the crew at APL, um, it's important that uh, every A-League team has a men's and a women's um, side as part of their licence. And indeed, those other A-League teams like MacArthur that haven't got a women's team will have a women's team and the Mariners. So... I just see it as being very, very exciting for Canberra. That means it'll be an academy program for boys leading up into... Uh, so there's that pathway for, 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 for boys and men. Um, and there's already that pathway through Canberra United Academy. But having them together as a club, I think, will be fantastic uh, for Canberra. Um, and, you know, I'm very strong on women participation as well so it's very important that we don't diminish what is the women's aspect of Canberra United um, with them I don't I wouldn't want to see the men's team overshadow the women's team yeah um, we're working on a we're working on a home of football uh, at Throsby with the ACT government so that's a 33 million dollar plus facility it'll have a grass enclosed field uh, with um, four uh, indoor futsal courts, which can double as um, Ivan, that's international a, Ivan, Ivan, can I just say that's a coup? Because when you think about it, the Matildas don't have a home of football, neither do the Socceroos. And that's that's uh, unbelievable that in this day and age, we can have our two national teams and they don't have a home to call their own. Well, of course, with the Matildas, there's the, um, the, the facility down at La Trobe University, through football, Kim on there at Football Victoria. I've been working on that facility down there for Matildas. But you're right, um, with the Socceroos, there's, um, there isn't a dedicated facility. Um, so the great thing with the uh, facility in the ACT at Throsby is it will be a, an enclosed grass field with a stadium. Um, we'll have a synthetic field and a grass field. So initially it would be three fields there. Um, with the futsal facilities as well. So we'd like to also hold the, the futsal nationals again in the future as well in, in the nation's capital. Um, but, yeah, we work, I work very closely with the other CEOs of the other member federations across the country and with Football Australia and with the APL. So I've always, you know, one of the reasons why I took on this job is I just think that football's the sleeping giant, that it's really awakening with the Women's World Cup. Uh, with the success of the Socceroos coming 11th in the in the World Cup, um, I'm confident the Matildas are do, going to do really well in the Women's World Cup. I'd love to see them win that competition. I, I tend um, to be I tend and, to be I tend to be very much uh, uh, along with you and your thinking. I just want to know how is it? We get, how can we get rid, or how can we um, uh, quieten some of the toxicity that? That has reared uh, its its ugly head over the last few years with so much division. We have a unique opportunity, especially with a World Cup, uh, both in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we've had, as you touched on, some outstanding results when everyone doubted uh, Arnie and the Socceroos. They they jumped up and delivered a, a, a series of performances that that um, made everybody want to get out of bed in the morning to see the matches from Qatar. Um, and and for me, how do we stop the the constant uh, griping and negativity? 
Um, I've got a saying that says, whenever you've got people, you've got politics. Um, so <laughs> I don't think you'll ever get rid of uh, people politics. And um, I, but, I, but I think um, I'm certainly trying to change that culture here in the ACT and indeed with our, um, with our 49 clubs and 35,000 participants, they're trying to get that sort of negativity out. Uh, and one of the ways to do that is, as a professional association, I'm, I'm very, very keen to improve the professionalism of capital football, as yep. indeed all, all, all the CEOs at the member fed. So, you know, often like the member federations cop, cop it if we, um, you know, sometimes we do get things wrong. Um, <laughs> no different from a, a striker missing a goal or for a goalkeeper missing, you know, letting a goal in. You know, it's no different um, with with people in, in administration as well. You know, we make mistakes as well. But the idea is to try to minimise that uh, those mistakes and therefore, um, you know, if, you, if you've got less mistakes, then you get you get less criticism as well. So yeah, and I, I think a lot of the toxicity... I mean, I think one of the, you know, the toxicity is, uh, you know, just immediately going for the jugular. Yeah. Uh, and that seems to be a trait... A little bit in football, and it'd be great if um, we could sort of maybe not immediately react to that and just take a bit more of a positive approach. and And I think the key too is, um, if there there are always issues, is addressing those issues. You know, in my um, first two months here as the CEO of Capital Football, I've been going around meeting all our club presidents, um, and I think just by virtue of meeting with them and, and discussing what the issues are and being able to address those issues, you go a long way in trying to uh, address those concerns. I think that's that's pretty pretty important as well. Well, so, we wish you. I was just going to say, we wish you every success with the Kanga Cup. Just a reminder, it's between the 2nd and the 7th of July. If people want to get involved, how do they best do it, uh, Ivan? Oh, our best way is just to go through our website, at Capital Football. There's um, registration process there, um, so they can do it all electronically. Uh, and, of course, they, we've got all, all our contact details uh, at capitalfootball.com.au. So just that, that's really the best way to go through. And it's got a whole registration process there for Kanga Cup. And our friendly staff also will just give us a call if you've got any questions. Our staff will... Uh, answer any questions that you may have in relation to Kanga Cup. We are also talking to a number of uh, hotels to have preferred hotel locations as well across Canberra. Generally, get in early because you need to book those hotels. They do pick up pretty fast with so many people coming to the nation's capital. Ivan Slavich, the CEO of Football Canberra or Canberra Football, uh, telling us uh, a little bit more about what happens in the ACT and reminding us all to get in early if we want to be participants in the uh, 2023 edition of the Kanga Cup, which is, as he touched on, the biggest uh, youth festival of football in the Southern Hemisphere. So to all of you who are interested, get in as ASAP and make life that much easier and that much more exciting for everyone uh, who wants to be involved it sounds like a tremendous tournament, and as we touched on, started way back in 1991 with about 35 teams, and these days, likely to see uh, more than 350 teams participating. So congratulations, all the very, very best, and if you can get us the name of that sponsor, we'll have you back on ASAP. Thank you, Ivan. <laughs> it's very exciting, and thanks for your interest, and thanks uh, to all your listeners. A pleasure. pleasure. There you go. Ivan Slavich from Capital Football, giving us a, a sense of something very special happening. Absolutely. Are you yeah. going to go? Uh, well, if I've I reckon got, you should go. If I've, got, if I've got time to head down there, I, I certainly will try to. But, you know, we love, uh, you know, programs, that, you know, about getting more youth into football because I think it's really important. So it's the next step in making sure that the game grows because they are. I'm just important. thinking about you as a scout. <laughs> I know, I know that keen eye of yours, and I know how much, uh, you know, how much excitement it it, it um, sets up in your makeup when you hear that there's a tournament about to take place, and there's a crop of youngsters, young boys and girls, as young as under under ten, 
yeah. and and up right up to eighteen. So well done. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's I, I think it's going to be a tremendous tournament. It's you know we can't wait to see all those uh, individuals get down there because you know it's also really important for them to have lots of lots of fun. Because the more fun you're having, the more you stay with yeah, football, and the true. better you become over time. So that's really important. Well, not only you, you not only win on the pitch, yeah. you, you you take a memory away exactly. that will uh, live with you forever. Um, Pakur, we've done it again. We've got through an hour of football. Um, I, I think we should catch up next week and do this again. What do you reckon? I reckon we should, George. I reckon we should. It's FNR, State of Our Football Nation, with George and Pakur. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.